Yes, yes, yes. Once again, welcome. Come well. Once again, this is another episode. Another Sunday. Another doorway. Another opening into the mind. Another go around, another go at it in the podcast entitled Beyond Words and Expression. Even though we use words to express certain things, we use expression sometimes without words to imply what. We're coming from it's still beyond the words and expression itself the words used to express and the expression we use the words but there's always something that's beyond that anytime refer to something beyond that anytime I say the word beyond it's actually talking about primary or primal or that which is prior to. So beyond doesn't mean something way ahead of you. It's something which is, uh, I guess, more innate, you know, it's more internal. You internalize the understanding of the word beyond. Like I always say, it's a kind of receding process. Receding means returning back to a core point of existence. Um, basically, the resource or the source of all things and anything. And that uh, kind of relates to today's topic in a certain way. That which actually is the beyond is actually that which recedes, or that which is the receding, of that which is uh, entitled as beyond. There is a basically a receding energy, or an energy which is receding, which means the beginning. You know, that which is. Uh, Prime, primal, primordial. Today's topic is based on the understanding of gods and goddesses. Let's see when kind of touching upon gods and goddesses, the only reason why these things are titled in two different ways is because since we are two different type of genders here in this reality, male and female, masculine and feminine, both entities have to be able to relate with something which is communicating to them, which is unknown or anonymous to their conscious reality uh, 
a physical reality in a way. But nevertheless, it is alive and it is real. You know, it's something which is present, something which we sense, which we, you know, instinctually have a connection to. Something we may know but doesn't necessarily show. Something which we feel to be real. I mean, I know how to describe it or explain it. You know, but nevertheless, it is something which is definitely valid to this reality. Okay. So, you know, um, but anything that has the same of anything, the first thing you do is cancel out uh, that which is the same. So when you look at the word gods and the word goddesses, what I did was I canceled out the two Gs. And I said, okay, odds and the odysses. So basically it was just odds and odysseys or an odyssey. So you look at the word God. Cancel out the G, you get the word odd. Odd, the definition is the chances or likelihood of something happening. Superiority and strength, power or resource and advantage. That's what the word God means without the G, which is odd. Because odd is within the word God, so odd has to relate with the word God or God's. The chances or likelihood of something happening, superiority and strength, power or resource, an advantage. That's the definition of what odd means. Odyssey, like goddesses, like goddesses, goddesses, take out the G, you get odysses. Odysses is odysseys. Odysseys is odyssey. The definition of odyssey is a long wandering or voyage marked by many changes of fortune, an intellectual or spiritual wandering or quest. This is what the word odyssey means. A long wandering or voyage marked by many changes of fortune, an intellectual or spiritual wandering or quest. You know, when it says a long wandering, anything having to do with wander or wand has to deal with you as the magician. You directing a certain energy with a certain intent towards a specific agenda. Voyage marked by many changes of fortune. Fortune is fort one, or the first fort, or the only fort. You are the fort knocks of yourself. You are the spoils and the quality and the value of yourself. So fortune just means, anytime you see U and E, it means one. Fort one. A voyage marked by many changes of fortune. Resorts right back to you. An intellectual or spiritual wandering request. Intellectual, dealing with the mind. Spiritual wandering, dealing with the internal. Quest, which is you, the ultimate question. Or the ultimate answer and question of itself. This is what you are. So, odd and odyssey, 
which is the same relation as gods and goddesses, they relate very much. And it means the same thing. Sometimes you got to break a word down to see what it actually means. If you can't figure out the word itself, you break down the words within the word to understand or to get a grasp or a grip of what the word is actually implying, the meaning of what the word or words are actually implying. So as long as you can find something within the definition of what the word or the words are, are implying and that definition relates back to you, then it is you in some form, in some way. In which way? Well, that's the way that you have to kind of break down, decode, and decipher on your own on how the words gods and goddesses relate right back to you. You know, um, so anytime you see resources as well, like the word odd, defining the word odd, the chances are likely of something happening, superiority and strength or power or resource advantage. You are the resource to your own source, or you are the source to your own resource. So basically, it's something which is, so you can kind of paint the picture in a little bit, that is something which is um, inside of you, if you were to say inside of you. But there really is no inside of you. There's just a you. So it is something which is you. But since we have that which is inside of us hidden from our eyes, we refer in the language of something which is inside of you. Um, but in reality, there is no inside or outside, you know, up, down, left, or right, because what is left is right, what is right is left, what is up is down, what is down is up, and is out, and what is out is in. But just to give a certain kind of simplified understanding of what this, these things are pertaining to and where this kind of conversation is leading into, Okay, so you know the uh, process as you usually go with the natural format of the podcast. You know, I'll go line for line or line by line and a breakdown of um, each line as we, uh, I guess, move along in, uh, through the episode. So, start with the first line. Gods and goddesses, what we know as gods and goddesses, are gendified principles or looked at as gendified principles. They're not necessarily gendified because what is male is female, what is female is male. But what do I mean by gods and goddesses are basically gendified principles. They're principles, period. A principle does not have a gender. That's number one. Number two, these principles were genderfied or genderfied because there are two genders which exist here, male and female. So basically, regardless of what this awakening opens up inside of either the male or female, you have to break these principles down into a male and female appearance or a male and female agenda so that the female, whatever she, whatever awakens within her, she can conjure up that principle or that goddess or that principle um, <clears throat> created into the image of a goddess gendified principle so that she may relate with it more. So she may have a more close relationship with that principle 
being that she is female and that it is a goddess which she is getting in touch with within her. Same thing goes for a male. He may have a certain type of awakening opening up inside of him or happening to him. And he can immediately relate to a male god that will also give him a free access understanding or a easier understanding and a more of a free access into that energy which he is tapping into. And he can relate to it and give it a gender, which is a male. So you understand, once you understand what gods and goddesses are, this thing called gods and this thing called goddesses, these two things which are the same thing, nothing but gods, or this god-like energy or god-esque, of God-like things. It's just been split as two genders so that both genders can relate with whatever private and secret awakening is happening within them. So if there was only male gods and females and males exist here, that female tapping into an energy, if she related to just a male god, it wouldn't make her feel feminine or tapping into some type of feminine energy which really truly exists. Same example goes for males. There's only female gods that existed here, and we tap into something, we have an awakening. All of a sudden, we, we, we remember an image of a female goddess. That does not feed the testosterone or the masculinity within the male. He can't, he can't really quickly relate with it because it's not gendered as a male for his benefit and for her benefit. See, it's split down the middle. Understand that principles don't have a gender, male and female, these genders, as male and female, man and woman, masculine and feminine, these things do have certain capabilities, and it's obvious because a man can't give birth. See, so, in body-wise and structure, a female can't match the physical strength of a man. Naturally, I'm not talking about these New Age or modern day body weight, you know, body weightlifters and bodybuilding females. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the natural bone structure and the natural biology of a female and male at its untouched stage for development. So that's why these are called for genderfied principles or principles that had to have a gender to them so that each gender can relate with whatever is happening within them that is beyond the physical form. So, you know, basically because two genders exist here, so each gender can relate and incorporate. Both genders contain principles individually and shared. But the individual thing is where the respect of the genderfied principle or the principle which has been genderfied comes in place. Okay. Okay, um, next line is gods and goddesses have abilities or are known to have abilities and capabilities. Remember, these are things which are inside of you. They're not outside of you. They're inside of you or internal. The definition of abilities, possession of the means or skill to do something, talent, skill, or proficiency in a particular area. 
When you look at the word ability, the definition of that means possession of the means, skill to do something. Possession automatically means you. It's a certain kind of possession that occurs and happens at a certain moment in time within time and space within your experience. It's a possession which takes over, a possession that you call upon yourself or something that just happens or something that you feel you need or want to use and utilize within a certain specific moment for whatever agenda that you have in mind. So when you say the word possession, things like this mean you. The word possession means you. Definition of abilities is possession of the means or skill to do something. Talent, skill, or proficiency in a particular area. This is all saying you, 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 and you. What you do with your intent. That's all this is saying. So every time we look at the definition, I'll break a definition down to you. You're looking for words and certain phrases and statements that automatically says you within you as you, you within you as you. Because these are the things that's going to basically uh, close that space between you and this unfamiliar thing called God energy or goddess energy. It's something that you need to automatically glue to yourself and close that gap or close that space between you and that because you are that and that is you. So words like possession, skill to do something. Skill also means the word skull, which means that it's inside your mind and your head. Skill and skull is the same word. See, so proficiency in a particular area, to be proficient with what you're doing. A particular area means a specific agenda, which once again goes back to the mind. It's something which is within you. Okay? Definition of capability, because abilities and capabilities. We just broke down ability. Definition of capability is the power or ability to do something. The extent of someone or something's capability. There you go. Anytime you see to do, it always means you. Your physical vehicle is the doer. The thing animating the physical vehicle is the being. Just like abilities definition. Possessions of the means or skill to do something. To do. It means you. Capabilities. Definition. The power or ability to do something. The only thing that can do something is something which has free will or choice or decision. An intent. Free will, choice, decision, and intent. What is that? That is you. That's the only way something can be done when you have to do something. These things do not happen on their own. Or basically, something can happen or occur, but in order for that happening or occur to go into a doing mode, it is you, the doer, that has to do something. So words like possession, to do, it's you. Person. The extension of that definition of capabilities is 
the extent of someone or something's ability. Someone. That means you. The extent of someone's ability or the extent of something's ability. You are someone and you are something at the same time. So basically what it's saying is your physical body and your unphysical body. Basically saying the totality of you and what you are, of who you are and what you are. And that was the second line. Gods are things that possess abilities and capabilities. The gods and goddesses are nothing but you and you. The unknown and unfamiliar capabilities and abilities which you possess. And the extent of someone or something's ability. The extent. Anytime you see extent, you relate that with extreme. Extreme is nothing but energy. Energy is what you're composed of. It's what you're flooded with. It's everything that you are. It's always talking about you. Okay? The next line is to evoke and invoke. Let's look at the definition of evoke. Definition of evoke, E-V-O-K-E, bring or recall to the conscious mind. Gods and goddesses get evoked and invoked. Now, we just broke down the definition of what evoke means. Definition is to bring or recall to the conscious mind. So, see, in biological terms, when you understand how to recall something, like you want to recall a memory or you want to, you want to bring something to the surface because the conscious mind is actually the surface mind or the moment mind, or the present mind, or the now mind. That is what the conscious mind is. These things reside obviously somewhere else opposite to the conscious mind. Because if, if to evoke a god or goddess energy means to bring to the conscious mind or to recall to the conscious mind, and that means that it is somewhere which resides in the opposing direction or the parallel direction or parallel dimension of where the conscious mind resides, which means that the mirror reflection of that is the subconscious mind. So these energies, these god and goddess energies, these odds and odyssey, this voyage, this quest of self resides in the subconscious mind and even deeper than that within the unconscious. But we're talking about from a point we can talk from. So we'll just say subconscious. You evoke these things. You evoke this energy. You bring and recall to the conscious mind. In biology, the biological term and understanding of that which you recall, a memory or something like that, it's the chemical within the brain is called the acetylcholine. Acetylcholine is what you is what the brain brings to the conscious mind from the subconscious mind when it wants to remember something which is stored within the subconscious mind. It wants to bring it up. Like the subconscious mind just holds things there. 
like as you like as you grew up, you've seen things, you've heard things, you've been around things, you've seen people, and you say, that's like a familiar face. I've seen that face before. I just know where I've seen it from. Or I know the title of that movie. But who played in that again? I'm trying to think of the title of it. You know, and you see these things, you're trying to remember it. As you're thinking like that, when you're thinking, and you're saying, damn, what's the name of that, the name of that thing or that song again? As you're in that moment trying to remember, what you're doing is your conscious mind is actually pulling the acetylcholine from the subconscious mind to recall that memory so that you can pronounce what you are trying to remember in that moment. So it's obviously with something which resides in the subconscious mind or the subconscious chamber of mind. So once again, these energies, these things reside within you. Next word on the next word next to evoke is invoke. Invoke is I N V O K E. The definition of that is to call upon or appeal to a deity to witness or for inspiration. You are the only thing which is witnessing, which means that if you're calling on a deity to witness something, to call on a deity. Or to, or to appeal to a deity to witness, it can only witness through the eyes of you. Which means, once again, that you are the deity that you are calling upon. You are the witnesser. You are basically calling upon yourself, a self which, you are, which is unknown to you, which has become unknown to you, and you have become unfamiliar with. But it doesn't mean that there's a separation. You just call it a little slight amnesia. Forgot. But amnesia and forgotten or forgetting does not mean separation. Because if you can actually recall it, if you can actually call upon it and recall it and bring it back, then that means where has it always been? Inside you. So evoking and invoking these gods or goddesses, these principles within you. And you have to evoke and invoke. It has to be something within you. You're bringing about, you're recalling back to the conscious mind. You're calling upon something. You're appealing to a deity to witness or for inspiration, which is why some people, you know, have pictures of certain people when they're working out or you got wrestlers or you got people that bought them, you know, bodybuild or people that are in sports doing basketball or football, they have these pictures of these players or certain people on their wall or inside the gym where they can look for inspiration. That person on the poster that you look at towards inspiration is actually a certain type of form of a god or a goddess, male or female. It's an inspiration. But you're not calling upon that person. You're calling upon the principle of inspiration and you're seeing it through the image of that person to keep you on a certain type of uh, progress that you are within the moment, creating your body and mind within that moment between that time and space for a specific reason towards a specific agenda that you have in mind to accomplish. This is why invoke is inspiration. You're appealing to a deity. A deity is the same thing as a god or a goddess, just a slightly different understanding about it. So it's basically kind of it's basically the same kind of understanding, you know. So to evoke and invoke 
is basically to pull out from the subconscious dormant inactive potential. Because it's like a subconscious, the subconscious mind is like a dormant inactive potential. You know, and then when you pull out from the subconscious dormant inactive potential, you know, these energies come to the surface, draw to the surface using the doorway or entrance of your acetylcholine like a womb birthing itself to, through, and within third substance or third dimension. So to evoke and invoke is to pull out from the subconscious dormant inactive potential state of mind. After it's pulled out, it comes to the surface or draws to the surface using the doorway or the entrance of your acetylcholine like I told you, that which the conscious pulls out from the subconscious mind in the form of a chemical. It's called a subtle choline. So they, it comes to the surface or draws to the surface using the doorway or the entrance of the acetyl choline like a womb, birthing itself to, through, and within third substance or to, through, and within third dimension into the moment, into the now, into the present because that is the only way which it can have a physical effect on you. Because you are a momentary being. You are a moment being. So nothing can affect you unless it makes its way to your moment. Okay? I just want to break that down. Okay, the next line is to conjure... To conjure. Gods and goddesses are things that are conjured up or things to conjure on. C-O-N-J-U-R-E. Conjure. The definition of conjure is call upon a thing to appear. Once again, you hear this call. To call upon a thing to appear. Like that movie, The Conjuring, that came out. You see, they were doing like, you know, uh, certain things that, uh, they were basically calling upon spirits or, or calling upon certain deities and energies that were, I guess, trapped within certain spaces of a house or within somebody's mind or experience. And they were calling upon this, these energies that were laying dormant within them, dormant inactive potential states within the mind or an energy within the atmosphere, what they had used as a house or a basement or a doll or a nightmare or something that is deeply embedded within the subconscious state. So gods and goddesses are things that conjure or have to be conjured. It is to conjure. To conjure means call upon a thing to appear. This is when you utilize this God and Goddess energy. You call upon that thing to appear. When you call upon it, you're bringing it to your immediate state. You're bringing it to your immediate present moment. The only way anything can appear is if it, is if it makes its way to your moment, if it makes its way to your present. If it, if it makes its way to your now, it will now appear as the here and now. You are a moment being. You are a present being. So whatever you call to yourself, it's equivalent to calling to the moment. 
you can't be anywhere else. You can only be within the moment. You, can't, you can only be in the present. You can only be within the now. You can only be here. You can only be immediate. So whatever you as the immediate present moment now being calls to you within the moment, it makes its way to the moment, thus appearing. Well, how can it appear? Because you have an appearance. So that which is that calls upon that which also animates as that. This is, I told you, your body and your mind is a triple M. Like I said before, I coined that phrase, your body and your mind, this thing which hides your organ and everything inside of it. It is the magical manifesting or the magical manufacturing machinery. These things, your bones, your organs, your blood, these cells, all these things are covered up by the skin or the scan. Because you can't see what happens within it. It's too magical. Same thing goes for your brain, for your mind, for your skull, for your head, for the body, everything. So going back to that point, to conjure, to find, to call upon a thing to appear. And actually the word call is also related to the word kill. So when you call, you kill. What do you kill? You kill yourself. What do you mean by that? In order for the thing that had always existed to appear, the thing which seems to exist has to disappear. Remember, you are a thing which is hidden in plain sight. You seem to exist. But your physical reality doesn't exist. Get it? So when you call something, you kill yourself in the same process simultaneously with the calling that you were calling upon. What do I mean by that? A power or possession does not and cannot share the same space with you. So, like I said before, when you call, you kill. With a white kill, you kill yourself. Or you kill, or basically you kill yourself means that you step out of your present moment and that thing which you call upon now steps in the space of your present moment and you cease to, dis you cease to exist now. An example, or even relationships, some people get in arguments, disagreements, they start yelling, screaming, fighting, and then you may say something or do something and then later on you're like, damn, I regret doing that. You know, why did I do that? You know why? Because you were possessed which means that something took your space. Because remember, that thing that took your space was actually within the place. So that place now took your space. You got possessed. You get dismissed out of your own body. You get dismissed out of your own vehicle. And now something takes that space. So when you conjure or call upon a thing to appear, whether consciously, in meditation or unconsciously due to an argument or just being human or doing human shit, your personality, you know, all this craziness, your behavior, your character, you get into some shit, you get into some, that possession happens and it wants your moment. That's why you become so possessed within the moment. You're like, damn, I don't want to argue like that. I don't want to do that. Anymore. Why did I do that? Some people find themselves in jail for life. 
when people find themselves dead, murdered. Because that possession has got so high over your moment. Because your moment is like crack to a god or a goddess energy or a possession trying to take that space that you were in. The moment is the highest drug that an energy can get high off of. Which is why you go to these extreme levels when you are possessed. I didn't mean to swing on them like that. I didn't mean to shoot that. I didn't mean to stab them. I didn't mean to do this. Damn, I didn't mean to do that. Damn, why I did that? Because an energy is an extreme, once again, like I always tell you. It's an extreme thing, which means that it has no limit. You may have a limit according to your human standards and your human moralism and morality, but it is an energy which is an extreme which doesn't have a limit, a god or goddess energy, a possession, a deity, what you may know and call as a spirit or a demonic presence, whatever you want to call it. Your present moment, your now, your here, your immediacy, is like crack or cocaine or heroin or LSD to the energy of a spirit, possession, God, goddess, demonic force or energy. Once it gets that moment, it kicks you out your space and takes possession of your body. That's why you never know where the hell you were at after that. Like, damn, what I, why did I do that? Why did I say that? Yeah, where the hell was you at? Exactly. So, going back to that, when you call upon something, you actually kill something. What is the something that I kill? Yourself. In order for the thing that has always existed to appear, that has always existed, the God and the Goddess energy or the energy itself, in order for the thing that has always existed to appear, the principles that you are composed of, the thing which seems to exist has to disappear. You are a seemingly thing in the physical body. You seem to exist, but you don't even exist. And remember, we live to die or we appear to disappear, which means that we exist in order to extinct ourselves. So watch what you're doing because you may extinct yourself way quicker than what you think you're doing. Because we, we obviously, we actually exist in order to extinct. We exist ourselves in order to extinct ourselves. So once again, going back to it, in order for the thing that had always existed to appear, the thing that you call upon, the thing, which is you, which seems to exist, which is the body, has to disappear. That's the only way that the thing that, the thing that has always existed to appear is if the thing which seems to exist has um, disappears. Once again, just keep in mind that a power, an energy, or a possession does not and cannot share the same space with you. Two things cannot take up one space. Always remember that. That's why you don't fight love. Or you don't fight things or feelings that you may fall into. You and love are fighting from the same spot. You're, both of y'all are fighting for the moment. Let love take over you, take control of you. Burn in it. Burn yourself up. That's the whole point of passion. Kill the ego. Finish the personality. 
just be the energy itself. Just be the principle itself. Operate as a principle itself. Okay? Okay. Um, next line is, gods and goddesses are things that self-activate once acknowledged and applied. What do I mean by that? Anytime I say gods and goddesses, always understand that I mean energies. Energies that have existed prior to you and energies you're composed of and energies that you also create. So gods and goddesses are things that self-activate, activate itself once acknowledged and applied. Once you... Say you're going to war and you call upon a god of war according to your knowledge or your history of what a god of war is, what it looks like, what its timeline is, what its history was, you know, then you call upon these people or these energies, these things that have ravaged and went at an extreme, went, went at an extreme through the principle of war, through the thing of war. And you acknowledge it and you apply it, it self-activates itself. It's self-activated. Once acknowledged and applied, because apply just means action. Once you acknowledge it, acknowledge it means attention. Attention means life. So once you give it life and you put that life into an action, it activates itself because it's already an energy which is an extreme. It's an ongoing thing. It doesn't stop just because you haven't acknowledged it yet. No. It's, it's, it's rampant in all different places and different continents now. Right now, we're talking to have this conversation on this podcast. There's somebody going to war right now, whether on a street corner, whether in a neighborhood, whether in a city, whether in a state, whether in a country, whether in a continent. Somewhere in this reality, somebody's going to war. It could be insects going to war, ants going to war, the red ants going to war with the black ants. You know, two alligators going to war now in the swamp. Animals, insects, amphibians, homo sapiens, you know, anything that's going to a war. And war is nothing but chaos. This is the realm of chaos, which means that it always will be chaos, which means that you cannot stop it, begin it, or end it. It is an extreme going on right now, whether you call upon it or not. And when you call upon it, it is an ongoing force. It is an ongoing energy, an ongoing extreme. So when you call upon a god of war, you are basically shifting that reality into your reality to do what it's supposed to do. When I, when I mean things that self-activate once acknowledged and applied, it's not something which is self-activating. It has always been activated. There is never a point where it, when, when, it, when it is not activated. It can only be activated. But I just put it as self-activated to give a certain kind of understanding to it as I'm explaining it at the moment. But it is something which is always on, to make it more clear to you. It's, it's always on. It's never not on. But all you have to do is acknowledge it, which means give it life, which is attention, and apply it, which means action. Acknowledgement and appliance the same thing as attention and action which is the same thing as life 
and reality, you have now just made that energy a part of your reality, whether you're calling it through the imagery, history, and figure of a god or the imagery, history, and figure and mythology of a goddess. You are that thing. You are a war. You are a chaos within your body, which is why you're constantly sick and healthy, healthy and sick, sick and healthy, healthy and sick. Or your skin being the, you could be in the sun and it turns color. Your skin is going through a war, dark, light, light, dark, dark, light, which is nothing but chaos. And chaos is nothing but friction. And friction is nothing but heat. Heat is nothing but another embodiment, which is why you draw upon and create a whole other embodiment. And now that becomes the body of war or the god of war, the goddess of war. It becomes a body, a body which now takes possession of your present body. Once it takes possession of your present body, once again, you get kicked out. Now you become possessed. You see? So acknowledge, once again, is to know it exists attention to give that existence the experience. Apply to animate the experience. To know it exists, to give that existence an experience, to animate the experience. And that's where you find yourself when you call upon these things. Which are nothing but things which are inside of you. You are all these things composed in this one vehicle. This is everything that you are and everything that you're composed of. Never forget that. Okay. The next line is, it is a recall or a recalling. That's what to invoke or evoke or conjure up or call upon a god or a goddess energy. It is a recall or a recalling. What is recall or recalling? What's the definition of it? The definition of recall or recalling is to bring back into one's mind, which means, once again, that it is connected to the mind. Who has the mind? You. To bring back into one's mind, which means, once again, like I said, it's somewhere in a certain space of existence, a certain plane of existence, which is a dormant, inactive potential, dormant, inactive potential state of existence. And when I say inactive, it's kind of in an active way. It's active, but it's seemingly inactive, but it remains in potential, and it exists within a certain plane of existence. See? Don't get caught up in the words. Understand what I'm trying to imply what I'm applying. Don't get caught up in the wordplay so much. See what the words are standing in front of in front of. Read between the words, cancel out the words, and just receive and extract the message of what I'm saying. What I'm saying and what the saying is not saying. But for you to just get automatically. Okay? So Conjuring up or calling upon these things, invoking and evoking these abilities and capabilities of these energies called gods and goddesses, another way of looking at it is called a recall or a recalling. Definition, once again, to bring back into one's mind. 
So in other words, it's like saying something which reappears within a space that already exists somewhere within that space prior to that reappearance. Say it one more time. The God or God is energy or existence. It's something which reappears within a space that already exists somewhere within that space prior to its reappearance. Because how can something appear within a space if it hasn't existed within that space already somewhere to some degree in some type of understanding? Everything is a reservation or VS, VSOP for something that already exists there, whether you see it or not. So somewhere within that space, that existence already exists within there somewhere. And even the word reappearance means that it has appeared prior to, to some degree of understanding. Reappearance means that it has already appeared but it just reappeared, which means that it has already been there. Whether you see it or not, whether you realize it or not, whether you recognize it, have recognized it, have a knowledge of it or not. You see, that's why even that movie Total Recall back in the day, I think in the 90s, Arnold Schwarzenegger, it was very strange creatures, very strange, you know, uh, the beings that were in that movie, it was a wild movie, scientific, sci-fi, uh, I guess, drama, thriller, I don't know, something like that. Back in the day, we were watching it again. Um, the beings in there were very strange, you know, very abstract. Even the places where they existed at, these tunnels that were so weird, and it was based upon Mars. And they were on a planet on Mars, which is where this place called Total Recall existed. And I was like, okay, well, that whole strange or, or the strange creatures or abstract creatures or um, the place, you know, that, that represented the most strange, the abstract. The most strange and the abstract is actually the subconscious mind. It's the mind of you, which is kind of, it's different. It's indifferent to what is familiar to you. The place of the recall or the recalling. Mars, the planet that they were on, was symbolic of chaos or war. Because that is what Mars is symbolic of. Chaos and war. Which is also the ram in the zodiac sign. The ram has got the horns. The horns are for charging. To stay charged up. It's the place in your mind which is always charged up. And all you have to do is recall it again. Remember, the recalling or bringing back or evoking or invoking back into the mind in a, in a biological term of understanding, in a chemical form or dealing with alchemy or alchemical form, is called acetylcholine. It's the recalling. So whatever these gods and goddess energies are, or these things that have always existed within you, are somewhere within the plasm or the chemical structure of what we know as acetylcholine. Because that's what the conscious pulls out of the subconscious to bring it to the conscious forefront so that it can appear in the present moment and have a body to exist in to have that physical effect on you to create a feeling to possess you. Okay? Next line is 
to wake up that which was shut down or put to sleep by human moralism within the logical and rational mind, that which was covered or overcoated from not questioning what you sense, feel, and know to be real and in existence, to deny what you unknowingly know is truly undeniable, to not acknowledge that which is obvious. So that is where the gods and goddesses sleep at. That is, their, that is, where, that is the place within the mind or within the mind's reality where they exist in. This is why I said to wake up that which was shut down or put to sleep by human moralism within a logical and rational mind. What I mean by that is, you know, what we know is taboo. Like, well, don't question that. Don't do that. What? That's crazy. Well, I don't know. I never heard that before. That's nuts. That's insane. You know, why are you thinking like that? What's wrong with you? That's not how we think. That's not what we do. That's not normal. What planet are you from? Are you okay? See? All these things dealing with quote-unquote human moralism kind of shuts down that state within that mind, within that function of mind, that kind of, uh, it kind of pushes out the existence of where these gods and goddess energies reside because these gods and goddess energies are looking for principles which are nothing but extremes. Love, war, hatred, anger, um, anything, death, you know, life. These are things that are beyond what we call as human moralism. But the more we became moral, the more we had these standards, the more we had all human rights, you know, these rights, that right, that's wrong, that's right. These God and Goddess energies don't exist in a land where right and wrong exist. Because it's not right or wrong to love and hate, to live and die. You can talk about death to somebody who embraces life and they, they, put the, you know, they put the cross on you, like, oh, get away from me. And you're like, what is just death? Well, you're going to die. You know, you're only here for a little while. We appear and we disappear. What's the problem? I don't want to talk about that. And these personalities still fits at you. When all you're talking about is based upon principle and based upon the same damn thing that they're going to experience as well. And, and before them, their grandparents experience. Some people never have their parents. Their parents transition. People within their family, everybody's, everybody, people, and everybody's family dies. So how is it such a taboo? How is it so weird? Why am I so wrong? Why does something have to be wrong with me? Why do I have to be considered weird or strange? That's why I said these are principles, these God and Goddess energies are principles which have been shut down or put to sleep by the human mind's moralism dealing with morals and it was covered or overcoated from not questioning what you sense, feel, and know to be real. It is to deny what you, what you unknowingly know is truly undeniable. To not acknowledge that which is obvious. Life and death is obvious. People appear and disappear. It's obvious. These God and Goddess energies are things that you can call upon to make things happen. And these things don't have a right or wrong system to it. It doesn't apply. It's neither here nor there. It doesn't mean anything. Life doesn't have personal uh, opinion on death. Death doesn't have a personal opinion on life. 
these things just are what they are. They have to be that way in order for us to be how we are. It's not a moral thing. It's not a right or wrong thing. It's just things, principles. You know? It's like a certain example. It's like, you know, you may have a fiancé or a mate or something like that that you deny your sexual primal urge for another. You know, you can't help but to be sexually attracted to somebody. You may still love somebody else or may still be sexually attracted to someone else. That's a primal urge, sexuality. How do you repress that? How do you suppress that? See, do you get mad at it? Or do you just try to understand it? Try to understand that's how you are. That's how things are sometimes. It's beyond what you can logic with and bring a rational mind to. That's just one example. You may hate somebody, you want to get rid of them, but you like them. I don't care about it. I don't do that. Now, it can be many examples, but you don't know why you want You just can't wait. You know, oh, it's this person's dead. I just, but I don't do it. You know, I don't, I don't kill nobody. I don't, you know, I don't do that. So where did that thought come from? You know, where did this hatred come Whatever it may be. There could be many examples. But where did that urge come from? You, know, you can't logic and, and reason with eating or being or starving or wanting something to eat. Let me see you starve and just, you know, try to be logical with it, rational. Well, I ate, you know, yesterday, so I guess that food should be, you know, it should digest slowly. I shouldn't be so hungry. It doesn't make any sense. That doesn't stop you from starving. It doesn't stop you from eating. You know, hunger. I'm just saying certain things which are primal you cannot argue with. It has no space within the moral mind or the logical mind or the rational mind of thinking or the rational way of thinking. Some things just exceed beyond that and supersede beyond that. And you have no power over it. The best thing you can do is understand it, experience it, and understand it. Okay. Next thing is um, not acknowledging the existence of gods and goddesses is basically to, it's an example or equivalent to denying the artist behind the magic of the animation. To deny the artist behind the magic of the animation. And that's pretty much self-explanatory because there is no animation without the artist behind it drawing it. How can it be a cartoon if there was no such thing as drawing? So basically, that's an obvious. You know, and it's also equivalent to basically denying that your own oxygen and organs exist and your own existence exists to your own physical experience. You know, it's like denying your own oxygen to your own physical experience. Can't deny oxygen. Oxygen is what animates the body. It's what you breathe in the lungs. And this life that comes compatible with this life force that you are gives you ability to animate this physical vehicle. Just because you don't see the artist doesn't mean that this animation doesn't have an artist behind it. Just because you don't see the oxygen doesn't mean that these lungs aren't breathing in oxygen 
and that that doesn't have something to do with the animation or the animating that you are able to do as this physical vehicle. That's the God and God is energy, which are principles. You are composed of principles to communicate, to interact, to travel, to journey. These are principles. You are composed of these God and Goddess things, these God and Goddess energy, these principles. You can only animate through their existence. Principles like movement, motion. If these principles didn't exist, you won't be able to move or do anything. That doesn't mean that they don't exist. See, this is uh, where awareness comes in, where awareness becomes clear. Something else is there. Something else is here. When I'm able to describe it, explain it, or not, I can never deny the experience. No. Um, The next slide is, our whole body and being is composed of nothing but God and God's energies or principles. Once again, like I was touching upon before, you know, our body, our body or our embodiment itself is a whole reality within itself besides the reality that our eyes and presence are witnessing within the moment. Our body or embodiment is a whole reality within itself besides the reality that our eyes and presence are witnessing within the moment. There's a whole function, a whole system, a whole professional system going on within this reality, within our body. Like I said, we are composed of principles. Or nothing. We are composed of nothing but God and God's energies or principles. You get mad, you want to go to war, you want peace, you want to be in love. You want to communicate. You want to concentrate. You want to focus. You're aware. You're conscious. These are energies which are nothing but principles. Principles are the foundation to any structure. The structure being your body. The structure being your physical presence. Your physical presence. The structure of physical presence would not exist without the foundation of the principle. Without the presence of energy, without the existence of energy. And so, the same thing, or what your body is going through, it's the same thing. It's totally different of what you are witnessing within your eyes. Your body is going through a whole transformation, a chemical transformation on its own. Yeah. You got, you know, like I said, you got all these different principles within you. You got masculine energy, you got feminine energy. You have love, hatred, focus, beauty, hideousness. Because you got God and the hideous. God is the use of fear to fear people so people may fear them. Beauty, Aphrodite, peace, war, fierce, principle of force, communication, sexuality 
sensuality. All these principles, they're always available to access and utilize. And they're always active whether you're aware of it, whether you're aware of it or not aware of it. They're always active and available to utilize, available to access and utilize whether you're aware of it or not aware of it. These gods and goddess energies remain awoke within you, as you, for you, which is actually for itself. Since it is within you and it is you, it remains active for itself, within itself, as itself. You just forgot what the hell you are. Yeah. Next line is, what you call gods and goddesses, because I'm touching upon different aspects of what gods and goddesses mean and what these things are. There's different avenues or different angles of how to approach the understanding of what gods and goddesses are. This is another understanding. What we know as gods and goddesses are mentally encapsulated energies or principles that become bubbled in or orbited in specific spaces of mind within the realm of potential that remain dormant for immediate activation from the acknowledgement, attention, and application of the being within the doer or doing, within the state of focus and the plane of action. So that's a little more broad. When I said gods and goddesses are mentally encapsulated energies or principles that become bubbled in or orbited in specific spaces of mind within the realm of potential, See, these things, are, what I mean by this is basically something can happen to a person and they may want to war upon another. And what they do is they get so pissed off, they feel mad, they have a reaction to the situation or an event that may have occurred. That reaction to the situation or event that may have occurred may get them so routed, so rowdy, so charged up that they find themselves within this orbit or this space of energy. And once become, once the energy is conjured up, called upon, or just brought about, and that person gets possessed by that entity or that energy has, that has now become an entity which has possessed them, they carry out the, they carry out the operation of that energy which becomes present for their own personal agenda according to how they may personally feel or think in response to the situation or event that happened that brought them to that charged up point. So say they carry out the war and they behead whoever they want to behead and now they take he takes his head back to the village, puts it on a stick and says, we've conquered this village or we've conquered, I killed him. And that is, we own this, this village now, we own this land or this tribe or this part of the continent. And his people cheer. Seasons later, he may be relaxed. After that, you know, he feels fine. He cools down. Now he's relaxed. He's fine now. Maybe two seasons later, six months later, something else happens in the village or a tribe. 
once again, it pisses him off again. So what does he do? He brings up or brings about that same energy, evokes and evokes that same energy of war or chaos so that he may become possessed by it in order to carry out another death mission to bring about the same results that had him feel comfortable prior to this present situation that he's in now. So that energy he created, that war, that chaos he created to behead one of the war chiefs in another village, he brings about that same energy. He becomes once again surrounded in that sphere or that orbit or that bubble of that energy or that principle. He becomes possessed by it. He carries out the mission once again, another murderous success. So sooner or later, this energy which has taken him over that he has become conscious of now, he can now call upon it. It is something which becomes encapsulated, which is why some people take you know, a lot of medicine and become addicted to medicine, aspirin and Advil and Tylenol. These encapsulated energies or these encapsulated chemicals, which people go, you know, insane for, go to the store to go get it, and they can't, you know, I have a headache, I have to get it, I have cramps, I have to do this, I have to do that. And it's like they're basically worshipping these pills, this pharmacy or something, these pharmaceuticals some degree because they can't live without it or they have to do it in order to bring about a certain sense of relaxation or to make the headache go away or to make the pain die down or go away so it's the same thing it's, it's a certain type of encapsulation of energy not encapsulation of chemicals the encapsulation of this energy that they have harnessed the war whatever it may be the god of chaos the goddess of fear or force Whatever it may be, it becomes a sort of like orbited bubble of existence. It becomes its own entity. This energy becomes an entity which now possesses the person. So it becomes encapsulated. This encapsulated energy now plays an effect on the body, and the body becomes the encapsulated chemical. You turn your body into a chemical reaction that reacts to this encapsulated energy which you called upon. And now you become that. You dismiss yourself, that energy, that possession takes over, and you carry out the mission. So that's why I said it's, it becomes bubbled in or orbited in specific spaces of mind because it is your mind which once again drew upon it. It is your will, your intent, your agenda. Within the realm of potential, it's always potentially waiting to be a possibility. Why is it always potentially waiting to be a possibility? Because it's an extreme. It doesn't have a start. It doesn't have an end. It doesn't have a stop. It doesn't have a go. It just is. If it's not happening within you in that moment, it's happening somewhere else. And so on and so on and so on. It's an ongoing thing. And it remains somewhat like perceived, like dormant for immediate activation from the acknowledgement, attention, and application of the being within the doer or doing state of focus and the plane of action. You're doing it, you're focused on it, and then you put what you're doing and focused on into action. See, action and focus, these are two forms of machinery that work in harmony with each other when in unison of each other and as each other. 
focusing on something and creating action on what's being focused on, magnifying it on it, zooming in on it, on this God or Goddess energy. You magnify it. You zoom in on it and you magnify it. Focus, action. Two forms of machinery that work in harmony when within unison of each other and as each other. Now you bring about the body. Now you have turned that potential into a possibility. Now you are the God of war. Possession is now taking over. Okay? The next line is, when you find yourself becoming too personal with people and personalities, you start to acknowledge the principles that they all are composed of and comprised of. You begin to communicate with the God energy or divine energy or anonymous energy that animates their illusional character, behavior, and personality that you find yourself humorly conflicting with and interacting with. So basically what you do is you, you cancel out, you know, when you find yourself becoming too personal with people and their personalities and their character and behavior, you know, you start to acknowledge the principles that they are composed of, they're comprised of. Basically what I said, you, you begin to communicate with the God energy or the divine energy, you want to call it, or anonymous energy that animates their illusional character, behavior, and personality the behavior, character, and personality that you have been conflicting with or creating a friction with. You want to alleviate yourself with that? Only deal with the person, the principles that they're comprised of and composed of. Even though they may be an asshole or a jerk sometimes, it doesn't cancel out the fact that they can be loving, compassionate, they can have sympathy, comfortable hospitality, they can listen to you you communicate with them. You can interact. These are the things or the principles that you now remain in contact with and the only things that you communicate with. Cancel out the personality. Fuck their personality. Don't pay attention to their character or behavior. Just focus on the principles that keep them present within your reality. Forget who they are as a human being. Just focus on the principles. The more you focus on the principles, the more you're able to adapt and adjust to their personality. But stop taking them so damn personal. And the principles which you are interacting with now and communicating with is basically the God and the Goddess energy. These are the God and Goddess energies that they have that you can now interact with. You can cancel the human out and just deal with the energies, with the principles with the presence and existence of the God and Goddess energy. You can cancel them out. And when you come back to them and find yourself, you know, becoming human with them again, it's not as heavy anymore. You don't take it as personal anymore. It's not as chaotic anymore, conflicting as much as it was prior to. See, that's the whole point. You cancel out their physical personality Eliminate your personal feeling and emotion towards and emotion towards them and become attentive only to the energy and principles that their illusional existence represents and communicate only with that and to that. That's it. So the task is disappear yourself, disappear them. 
Because in reality, they're just a projection or a reflection of you. What do you mean they're a projection or reflection of me? Well, that's why you do things in spite of what they do or what they commit. Or you do to them the same thing they do to you because you're just a mirror reflection of each other. Some people call it, oh, you're just spiteful or an eye for an eye. Okay, you may call it spiteful, you may call it eye for an eye. But in reality, you guys are just a mirror reflection of each other. This is why you do things in spite of what she does or you do things in spite of what he does. Or you may do things back to her that she did to you. Or you may do things back to him that he's done to you. You may call it human terms dealing with, you know, personality and having fucked up ways and being sour towards each other, being an asshole and jerks in certain ways that a corrupted personality naturally projects and emanates. You may give it these demeaning words, but in reality, when you come down to the metaphysics of it and the occult understanding of it, you're just a mere reflection of each other. They're just a projection or reflection of you. Because you're just a mirror reflection of each other. And the mirror itself is the principle that needs to be realized. Not how these two things are reflecting of each other, but how, not what they're doing in reflection of each other, but how are they reflecting each other? What is the reflection? How can reflection even happen? Through the mirror. So the mirror is the principality. The mirror is the, the core middle understanding of all things. It's the principle. It's the principle that needs to be realized. Why? Because once the mirror is realized, once the understanding of the mirror is realized, the two entities disappear. You and her disappear. You and him disappear. And guess what the only thing that remains? The only thing that remains after you two disappear is principality. Or the understanding of principles. Once again, bringing it back to the basic foundation of the God and Goddess energy or the God and Goddess existence. So once again, you ultimately resort back to the basics and fundamentals of all things in existence. Once again, dealing with the principles and the God and Goddess energies of each other. And we're both male and female. I have testosterone, my man, but I also have estrogen within me. She may have estrogen or be an estrogenic being, but she also has testosterone in her as well because her father created her. My mother created me. I also have a, you know, or was a part of this. But it's saying to my father, my mother, my mother, her father, her mother, her father. The same thing. Estrogen and testosterone. So we always have these God and Goddess energies that they're able to access within us at any time according to our will, our intent, and our agenda to carry out a specific mission that we may have in mind for whatever purpose, for whatever reason. This is the purpose and understanding of it. That's why, you know, instead of serving or worshiping him or her as the person and personality that they project to be, serve only the principle that projects its illusional self in the form of a human being. And what's that called? That's called God and Goddess worship. 
see the epitome of male and masculine and the epitome of female and feminine. The epitome of it, of what is male and what is masculine, the epitome of what is female and what is feminine. Because that is the very fundamental foundation and basis of everything and anything in existence. Serve and worship the essence through the adaptation, adjustment, and tolerance of the presence. That's how you create a spiritual connection that supersedes your animalistic nature towards each other. Doing any example of what is a relationship. You know, the animal has to be tamed in a certain way, of course. You know, some people may be sexual, they may be spiritual, it doesn't mean they're not sexual anymore. The body has to be tamed to a certain degree or there is no uh, true spiritual connection. The body wants to eat, it wants to piss, it wants to shit, it wants to argue, it wants to, you know, say you're wrong, it wants to disagree, it wants to believe, it wants to disbelieve. You know, it wants to go through a regular body experience. The body experience is nothing but feeling. So in order to see what spiritual, true spiritual connection you have, the animal or the animosity has to be tamed. Your ego has to be chilling to a certain degree. I have to be content. I don't care how spiritual you guys are and how much you meditate. If you stop him from having sex with you or you stop him from having sex with you, there's going to be friction, especially when they want to. The body is here for its delight as well as it's here for its satisfaction as well. These people can be mentally in tune and mentally connected, which is what they call sapiosexual. But you do have a sexual organ as well. The body can't forget that. You can't forget that. You get horny, she gets horny, he gets horny. You both are sexual beings. Okay, so it's just another way of understanding that different uh, different angles of um coming at that uh, one example situation. Okay, uh, next line is the way that you sense describe and communicate with an energy as a god or goddess energy, which is masculine or feminine, the way you, the way you sense, describe, and communicate with an energy, with a god or goddess energy, is determined on how you perceive it to be, according to how it serves you, and what you specifically identify and feel from that serving. That specifically will determine your relationship with it and its relationship with you. Uh, whether you feel a masculine or feminine presence with it during your interaction with it, of how you personally perceive masculine and feminine to be according to your knowledge or know-how of it and sense of it. And that is based upon your subconscious upbringing of the male figure in your life and the female figure in your life. Both genders play an impact on your life and experience and play a role in the subconscious molding of your perception within your experience. So basically what they're saying is, you know, the way that you sense, describe, and communicate with a God or goddess energy is determined on how you perceive it to be according to how it serves you and what you specifically identify and feel from that serving. 
you know, however you relate with your mother and your father or your aunt and your uncle or your grandmother and your grandfather, whatever male and female um, uh, attributes that you came across or experiences that you came across in your life and how you relate with it is how you will personally relate with these energies, with this male energy and this feminine energy or with this God uh, energy and this goddess energy. You know, um, and the way it serves you, how you feel towards the way it's serving you is how you will, it, that's what determines how you will identify whether it is a God or a goddess which is serving you. You know, um, like I said, and you relate that according to how your upbringing was, according to how, who was male and who was female in your reality, or who was the male figure and the female figure in your reality, that you looked up to to a certain degree is how you will relate with these energies later on in life and how they will play an effect on you and how you know what's determined as what is a god, which is masculine, and what is a goddess, which is feminine. Um, according to, like I said, how they serve you and you identifying the serving. Um, and this is all based upon your subconscious upbringing of the male and female figure in your life. Like I said, both genders that made an impact on your life and experience and play a role in the subconscious molding of your perception within your experience. So this is how you're going to, this is how you find yourself communicating with these energies according to how you've been affected in a masculine way and in a feminine way. Both genders and that's just basically just saying how to identify uh, what is communicating to you and what you are communicating with. Just another way of understanding that and uh, describing that and explaining that. Um, you know, um, if you have a lot of females, always was so chaotic and all that. When you when you tap upon the chaos energy, you're going to relate to it as being feminine, whether you are male or female. If you had a lot of females and you were a boy and you had a lot of females in your life that were very chaotic, when you become chaotic and you sooner or later encapsulate the energy and utilize the energy many of times, you're going to say that is a feminine energy because you have seen most females that are chaotic in your life or in your experience. And that is how you personally will relate with that energy and what you will call that energy and how you will call upon it and how you communicate with it and to it and how it communicates to you and through you. So this is just basically based upon familiarity, uh, relating with something in a certain way and how to relate with it and why you are relating with it in that certain fashion according to your, the molding of your subconscious mind within your own perception and your own personal experience. Okay. Okay, the next line is, this is based upon more of a, uh, a different angle again of what the God and Goddess energy uh, pertains to. A uh, different angle. The next line is, there were ancient beings and entities that existed before our present appearance that were more pristine, less distractive, and clearer in mind and intention, that manipulated forces a lot easier and applied forces a lot easier with less mind interference and distractions that committed supernatural activity and immediately manifested what was being focused on and desired at that time and moment and space. 
Since we are genetically connected to them and vice versa, we, we also are capable of possessing and harnessing and projecting those powers right now as well. If these were entities, basically the ones I'm talking about, the ancient beings and uh, these entities that existed before our present appearance, before you know what we may call as ancestors, you know, you know, the ancestral lineage. Back in those times, you know, it's also known that these were more, I guess, pristine beings. You know, they were more immaculate or unsullied beings which means that they were less distracted they were a little more clearer in mind and intention and that helped them or assisted them in manipulating forces a lot easier and applying those forces they manipulated a lot easier within the atmosphere or circumstance situation that they desired because they had less mind interference and less mind distractions and with those less mind interferences and less mind distractions that assisted in them committing supernatural activity. And that supernatural activity in itself immediately manifested what was being focused on and desired at that time and moment space. We are genetically connected to these things, to these beings. And understand that when you leave the physical form, you go into an unphysical state. So when you appear and you disappear out of your appearance, you go into the disappearing realm. We also have a disappearing realm. That disappearing realm is the life force that animates this body that I'm talking to you through right now. So you see, at the same time, I am something that has an appearance and an image. I am also something which is a disappearance which doesn't have an appearance and an image. So when we have things that appear that may harness these things and do certain capabilities before back in time or ancestral time, dealing with our ancestral lineage and genetic lineage to them and a tie to them, when they had an appearance and they disappeared, they just went right back into our disappearing storage, which is why they say the ancestors live within you. Or those ancient beings that you are genetically connected to exist within you. So there's nothing that that you can't do that they have already did. It's within you. You just have to find them within you. You have to cut out all the mental distractions. You have to cut out all the mind interferences to see where they were at within that less distractive, less mind interference atmosphere of reality and existence. That's how you sift through and filter out and find them within you. Once you find them within you, you're going to find out that they are you and you are them. Remember, there's no separation, only relation. No separation, only relation. That's the catch. Like I said, right now I'm breathing oxygen. I can't see it. But it's something which is translucent, something which is invisible, that this oxygen is going into this body and is keeping me animating this body through the life force that I am. So at the same time, I am an appearance, I am also that which is a disappearance. At the same time, right now, in this flesh while I am talking to you, in this physical vehicle right now, this very moment, I am something you can't see, and I am also something that you can't see. And vice versa. 
So when we go from the state of something that can be seen and then convert into something which can't be seen, which is what they call life and death or appearance and disappearance, we all go back into that same state which we are collectively connected to. Whether seen or not seen, whether physical or non-physical, doesn't matter whether visible or invisible. Because the visible validates the invisible and the invisible validates the visible. So no matter what state or what plane that we may be witnessing this reality from, whatever reality you're witnessing also validates and always will validate the opposite reality. Which means that both realities don't exist and that both realities exist within one orbit of reality of existence. Whether we understand it or not. It's always going to have a reflective partner or a complementary partner or that which validates its existence and gives reference to its existence. Like I am a male and we have females in this realm. And like she may be a female, but there are males that also exist here as well. Or some people have a stick and others have a hole, which you may call a penis and a vagina. And those that have a hole are around other beings that have a stick, which is called a vagina and a penis. There's always something validating the other. We would not be walking on a ground if a sky didn't exist. You see what I'm saying? So that's the whole point is that no matter what angle you're looking at it from, you better know that the opposite reflection of that exists and always will exist in accordance with its reflection of that which is reflecting from it. So that's the whole point of what I'm making of you being connected to that which was once here before prior to you and it exists within you. It's the same thing. We all connected to the same strength. You know, it's like the popular saying of what they can do, we can do. You know, it's the same thing as saying what we can do, we can do. There's no separation, only relativity. Okay? Um... Another way of looking at gods and goddesses, the next line is the titles, the quote-unquote titles of god and goddess is just pertaining to a certain platform or plateau or status of a worshipping-like perception of that or those which already reside within us. And we give it these titles or titlings based on a comparison to the present madness within the minds and lives of today. So basically it's like saying its value or quality is given only in comparison to today's chaos. What I mean by that is we may call it a god or goddess. When we say god or goddess, we're giving it a title, we're giving it a platform, we're giving these energies a plateau. We're giving it a certain type of recognition of status or high status to some degree, a high quality, a high value. And the only reason we give it this high value, because like I said before, its value or quality that we give it is only given only in comparison to today's chaos or how unorderly we may be or may seem to be or may perceive ourselves to be. We call these things that to call upon them to bring about 
certain things that we may want to carry out. When we look at a God or a God is as something which is pristine or something which is more cleaner or less tampered with or less corrupted, these energies which are less corrupted. So that means if we call on these energies that are less corrupted in the status or plateau or platform or a value or a quality of what we call a God or a goddess, and that means that it's saying, it's implying that we think that we are corrupted and toxic. Just the very fact that you're calling it a god or a goddess means that you're implying, and a god or a goddess is implying something cleaner, more pristine, more less attractive, less tampered with. The very reason you're calling it that is because you're implying yourself to be very toxic and contaminated and more distracted and a lot more interfered, interference, a lot more static. Just the very title of it, you know what I'm saying? Is basically an example or equivalent to toxic water tapping into its spring water ancestry. <laughs> when its waters or liquidity was less polluted and a lot clearer. That's what it's an example or equivalent to. It's equivalent to us tapping into God or calling these energies God or God's energies. is an example or equivalent to toxic water tapping into its spring water ancestry when its waters or liquidity was less polluted and a lot clearer but get this just because something understand this though just because something may be seemingly less polluted or a lot clearer back then understand that which was less tampered with can also equate to a state to a state of insanity obsession confusion and chaos as well Yes, you may say they, were, they, they, didn't, they wasn't watching TV and the news and watching TV shows and they you know, wasn't watching movies and you know, had Snickers bars and eating Twinkies and all this crap and you know, producing produce foods and garbage and junk food and you know, all this other crap that we've created things to be through the, through the creation of humankind and, and humanity. But don't think that they didn't have shit they were dealing with on their own. So that's because we think we have it all figured out now. Even a being that doesn't have everything all figured out can also be equivalent to a mind within chaos and confusion as well. You think because you think that you have it all figured out that, that those that would, were living, you know, all this crazy stuff going on now, that you don't think that a clearer mind as well wasn't going through certain things trying to figure out how this reality is and where they came from and what this whole thing was about? They didn't have YouTube. They didn't have Google or Internet access or search engine or laptop or cell phone. Yet, for the technology that we are playing with now, it was a different type of technology back then. Primordial technology. But it wasn't what we have at this moment. I'm not saying that it was weaker or stronger. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about the primal technology that they were dealing upon, that our ancestors were dealing upon at one time. You know, maybe equivalent to what we're doing with now at the same time, which is why I said, you know, that's because we have all these tools and gadgets at our fingertips and at our disposal. You can just, you know, one finger everything and 
click on things and, you know, um, and we have all this nonsense going on, all this distraction, all these commercials, all this, you know, arguments, you know, conflicts, friction, war. Just because they were more clear-minded or may have had less distraction, according to our perception of what distraction is and interference, doesn't mean that they were just totally clear-minded and okay. Because you figure you have everything and you're still kind of chaotic, but that which has nothing, how can it not still be chaotic in a certain way? It's still trying to figure shit out. It's just because they, what we may say is untampered or untouched, doesn't mean that they weren't confused as well in certain ways, trying to figure shit out, trying to figure out what this whole existence was about. So when you tap into that energy, understand that you're also tapping into a chaotic energy, a chaotic presence. It's not just clear and untapped and unfiltered. No. You don't know what those entities were like, what those ancestors were about, and these energies that they were encapsulating and creating and that you're now tapping into. Just have an understanding of it. You know? That's what I'm saying. Never put it down, never put it up. Never deny it, never doubt it. You know, never give it props. Just see it as it is, see it for what it is, see how it plays out through you and how you interact with it and how it communicates to you and how you communicate to it and what comes about, what is the result and how you feel and how you're thinking and where you're at. What did you uh, realize? What were you aware of? What did you come to know? Okay. Uh, the next line is, not too many more. Um, next line is, Another concept of God and goddess energy is the chakras or placement of the chakras. Each individual chakra is placed in its own space and orbit and each contains a specific point of focus or focusing and a specific capability that serves and caters to your attention, feeling, and personal agenda within the moment. So in other words, if you like or choose to uh, each chakra can be individually looked at or perceived that as a different god or goddess capability within each one in each section or each sanction or each sanctum or each sector. With your spine itself representing a scepter, and a scepter is a symbol of sovereignty. That is what your spine represents, a scepter, a symbol of sovereignty. Sovereignty just means supreme power or authority, which is you, your willpower, your choice, your decision. And it's funny because even if you look at the word God and God, this has the letter G. You have seven chakras and G is the seventh letter in the alphabet. Go figure. But like I said before, another concept of God and God is energy is a chakra, placement of the chakras. Each individual chakra is placed in its own space and orbit. And each contain a point, a specific point of focus or focusing and a specific capability that serves and caters to your attention, feeling a personal agenda within that moment. Just like you tap on God and goddess energies and you invoke and evoke these things and you bring about these things, you're bringing about these things within their own respective space of existence. 
Yes, they all exist within a certain type of plane or state of existence, but they still also are oblivious to one another and operate as their self only. Which is like saying different spots or different places or different spaces that they all exist in, respectively, individually, but collectively at the same time, but individually. And the collective part of it is just energy. How you decide to conjure it, what you're feeling within the moment, that energy can transform into anger. To anger. Or that the same energy can transform into happiness. Or that same energy can transform into war. That same energy can transform into peace. The same energy can transform into love. The same energy can transform into hate. So the collective aspect of it or the corresponding aspect of it is just pure energy. But the respective space between each formation or conjuring up of energy or evoking or invoking of energy is the energy transforming or transferring into a different form or a different state for the purpose of your agenda to carry out your mission. That's why I called it if a, these things are within their own section or their own sanction or their own sanctum or sector. These just means different spots of sacredness and importance to itself. It's orbited within itself as itself. It doesn't know the other ones. It just knows as itself according to your intention of your mind when you call upon them. It transforms into that agenda. And I said with your spine itself representing a scepter because a scepter is like a stick or wand, a pole. Symbol of sovereignty. Sovereignty is basically something that is supreme to itself. It's, it's the authoritative figure. And these chakras exist on your spine. These scepters exist on your scepter. Your spine is the magic wand. The wandering. Remember that? That's upon that in the first, from the first line, the wandering, which is the odyssey, the odysses, the goddesses, the odyssey, a long wandering, a long wand. What is a long wand? Your spine. A voyage marked by many changes of fortune. And tune, fortune. Fortune is fortune. Your spine is also has an antenna. It's an antenna. A tuning fork, an intellectual or spiritual wandering or quest. You are the answering question of itself. From each chakra to each chakra, it is a quest. You are a, a, a reality wanderer, a wanderer, a wanderer. All these things are connected. All these words are connected. All these definitions are tied into each other. Okay? Uh, the next line is, gods and goddesses are points of attention and focus you utilize to worship and manifest, to call on, call up, and bring about at granted times of momentary needs and wants according to one's desire towards a specific agenda. See, but the funny thing about that is the gods, these God and goddesses energies, these things that you understand as God and goddess energies are points of attention and focus you utilize to worship and manifest. 
to call on, call up, and bring about. But understand that when you worship upon these things and you use them and utilize them to manifest things for you, sometimes we do things where we are we start to like worship them in a certain kind of way. I don't mean worship in that way, but these are things that you utilize. But the funny thing about it is that it itself actually worships you. It's not something that you yourself are supposed to actually worship. But some people flip it around and become a slave to the slave itself. God and goddesses are nothing but slaving energies that enslave itself for your purpose. But you see how we flip it on it. We become a slave to the slave itself. Because they slave themselves, they go and labor for the purpose of your agenda to carry out your mission. They work for you. They are a slave to you. They labor for you. You call upon them. They carry out the mission. But when they do things and we get, wow, you know, it's crazy, amazing, we become kind of addicted to these energies that aren't supposed to be addicting energies. So you are the master that starts worshiping the slave. And then you become a slave to the slave itself. These are not things to worship in that way or that figure of speaking. You just utilize these things to manifest certain things for you. That's it. That's it. That's why it shows itself through anything and everything. Every time through all things, it can be worshipped objectively. You know, through stones, crystals, gems, nature, people, appliances, tools, you know, nature's activity, animals, botany, etc. And it can be uh, utilized subjectively as well through principles, energy, forces, elements, weather, seasons. You know, there's no way around it without bumping into it. You don't worship these things. You utilize these things to carry out your mission. They are soldiers to you. They are, war they are warriors for you. They are enslaved to you. You do not become a soldier for them or enslave yourself to them. That's, that's working backwards. When I say worship, I mean worship. The word worship can be broken down into two words. Worship is actually warship. W A R dash S H I P. It's a warship for you, it's a battleship for you, a shaped battle or a battalion shaped. Battalion shaped gods of war or gods of love or gods of peace. So worship is actually your own personal warship, your own personal battleship. You shape the battle. It's a battalion in the shape of your mind, the shape of your intent. That's what I mean by worship. But I mean worship. See? Okay, so the next line is... You are a god and goddess as well. 
What do you mean by that? Well, you create your own heaven and hell, don't you? You create your own peaceful mind. You create your own insane mind. Like any other being or entity in existence, this is what you do. You create your own heaven and hell. So in other words, you are a God energy or God entity as well, which means that you can also worship yourself. Or you can also worship the principles that you yourself are composed of and operate as. Once you identify the space or gap between you and that and suspend yourself from the personality you think you are and thought you were, This is when you close that gap in that space between you and what is principality. You can be a god to yourself. You can be a goddess to yourself because you create your own heaven and hell. And isn't that what they say a quote-unquote god does? It has its own form of create of heaven and it has its own form of hell, which is what people may know as joy and misery, happiness and sadness. There were times you were happy. There were times you were sad. There were times you were happy. There were times you were mad. So you are a God to yourself. And you can actually worship yourself. But not your personality. You don't worship your personality. You worship the principles that you are composed of, which the personality stands on. Personality is the structure. Principality is the foundation. You give your attention to the foundation, not the structure. Okay, the next line is, gods and ancestors are two different things. Gods are energies. Ancestors are actual people that once existed as human beings. That's the difference. But understand that ancestors activated godlike, godlike aspects within themselves when the body and mind was more pristine and more in touch with the forces of nature and the elementals and was able to conjure and conduct in a less restricted energy atmosphere with less mind distraction and mental interference. So gods and ancestors are two different things, but ancestors also created godlike energies. and they were more in touch with the forces of nature and the elementals and was able to conjure and conduct in a less restricted energy atmosphere, in a less constricted energy stagnating atmosphere. So ancestors and gods are two different things. Gods are energies. Ancestors are actual people that actually created and manifested and encapsulated energies or godlike energies carry out certain specific missions and agendas. Okay, that's the difference in the comparison. Okay. That's why you have to understand that a god or godlike energy has no power over you. It has no power over you. How? Because it is you and it can only exist through you. It only exists because of you. only just because of you. There will be no God energy if you didn't create it. They're in the form of encapsulated energies, bubbles, orbits that you create. 
in order to call upon it to use it and utilize it when you want to. It has no power over you. It's basically like an ant telling a whale what to do and the whale becoming a slave to the ant. That's what the example is. Like an ant telling a whale what to do and the whale becoming a slave to the ant. doesn't make any sense. Communicating with a god or goddess is communicating with yourself. Everything is connected to each other and vice versa through laws of series and events and co- through laws, series and events of correspondence and genetic lineage. They are connected to us and vice versa through laws, series and events of correspondence and genetic lineage. That's the connection. And the last line is the word God, G-O-D. What does G-O-D stand for? Generator, operator, destroyer. G, generator, means the generational regeneration within self. Operator means operating as the generation you generated and destroyer, destroying yourself within the process. So generator, operator, and destroyer just means generational regeneration within self, operating, then operating as the generation you generated, and then destroying yourself within the generation of the process within yourself. Destroying yourself within the process of generation that you generated. Once again, why? Because two things can't take up one space. That's true sacrifice. That's what sacrificing itself means. To become the god or goddess that you truly are and always have been. Yeah, what's going on, yeah? Mm-hmm. Um, wow, that was a um, that was a very full one. I didn't have um too too much commentary. Um, I did have a couple questions though. Um. You know, I definitely definitely resonate with a lot of what you mentioned, and especially, um, you know, you don't worship the gods and goddesses. You utilize them. Um, I've definitely, I guess in my experience, um, understand these things a lot um, as principle rather than um, necessarily, of course, like, literal. I think I think that sometimes people just uh, take what they're given rather than um, really kind of um, be present to what they're 
what they're being um, exposed to and uh, gaining their own understanding of of things for themselves. Um, what I wanted to mention was um, kind of like just reflecting on, I guess, America. And uh, I think there's a lot of people that are kind of exploring different things and um, I guess seeing things from their own perspective as I imagine there always has been and also, you know, people connecting to whatever um, culture they belong to, you know, um, and having some understanding of their cultural representations of um, gods and goddesses or just practices from their families or just, like I said, culturally. But um, reflecting on, like, I guess what's kind of documented in America and just thinking, like, while you were speaking, I was thinking about, like, the lack of um, representation of goddesses or goddess energy in the U.S., Um, I guess, speaking from, you know, I looked up a couple of things real quick to see um, percentage-wise, which kind of, you know, I could have guessed and been kind of accurate with, but... um, from what I saw, said 73% of the U.S. is, um, you know, Christian belief. Um, and then I guess Judaism is second and the third is Islam. So I'm just wondering um, what are the goddess placements or how how do people connect with that energy? Um, I know you mentioned like a lot of as far as people's um, people being exposed to like others in their lives and things like that and their influences. But when you grow up within a belief system, um how do you how do you access that, or is it just something that um, along your path you may or may not encounter and kind of um, engage on your own? Like, yeah, it's something that can happen. Something like that. Yeah, it's something that can happen on its own. As long as you get mad or pissed off or happy, and that's there's a certain kind of possession, and its possessions are basically principles show itself in the form of principles and the emanation of a principle. Um, and they're carried out for some agenda for whatever reason that that person may have according to their own you know, personal agenda of what's going on in that situation at that moment. Remember, principles is, just another, is another word for saying God and goddess. That's why I said uh, according to how they relate to it, according to how their subconscious experience was with their family or whoever may have been a male or female figure in their life will determine the relationship they have with that energy. 
and how they perceive the energy to be. That's why I say a boy make him grow up. And his whole life, he always seen a lot of females who were chaotic and always fighting. So somebody else may see, oh, the war energy, that's masculine. The boy may say, well, not nah, to me, that's just female. What do you mean that's female? Well, I grew up with a lot of females always fighting and being chaotic and always going to war and, you know. So whatever war energy I conjure up, that's female to me. See, so it basically goes according to your upbringing. Because even the word God or gods, the word gods actually pertains to either gender. I don't even know why even the word goddesses were created, probably just the S's or the, you know, to show a feminine kind of quality to an energy. But gods basically means male and female. Like It's like the word, it's like saying the word humans. Mm-hmm. Humans doesn't mean male. Humans doesn't mean female. It means both. Right. So whatever the S's came at the, God, at the end of the word God S's, I don't know where that came but I, I understand why I understand why it was created and why it came about so that the female can also relate to that unknown, anonymous, abstract energy of activation because there's two genders here, so that which is actually uh, has just a label, just like we have humans, but we also have the words male and female. So we have the word gods, but we also have a god or a goddess. But it still pertains to both things. But in order for these both things to relate with this energy, these two sexes or these two genders to relate with this one energy, it had to be genderfied. That's why I put that, that's why I touched upon in the first line, it's a genderfied principle, but the principle doesn't even have a gender. If a male can tap into a female energy, and a female can tap into a male energy, then there, there is no gender to the principle. It all it all goes according with how you relate to it personally, with how which which how you see a female, how you see a male. That's why it stores itself in the subconscious mind, and it comes to the conscious mind from that location, or from that space of existence. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's not really, you know, it doesn't really have, you know, it doesn't have a gender. It's just about how you relate with it and how you see it to be, and that's how you see it to be. And nobody can tell you, it's, you know, otherwise because that's your own personal experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all go, it's called according to personal perception. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I just kind of wanted to touch on that a little bit, um, just because. You know, sometimes that's where people's minds are at. Um, and we didn't have any, um, like, callers that have their hand up or anything. But I just wanted to throw it out there. Um, but otherwise, I really, uh, I feel like you you kind of spoke to a lot of things and pretty much, you know, covered that um, that in a full type of way. Um, I don't know that I have anything else to add because I feel like if I add anything, it might take away from things. Um, I really didn't, because like I said, I really didn't have anything besides those couple 
things to mention. Um, yeah, I I don't have anything else there, but um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's basically what it is, though. You know, so I can look at it in different forms, different ways of looking at it. Depends on what angle you're looking at it from. But um. You know, everything, one thing leads into everything, and everything leads back into the one thing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm going to double check that. No one raised their hand since I last checked, but I don't think so. Yeah, no one, no one has their hand raised otherwise. So, um, do you want to mention the website? I think it's, it's up. Yeah, dwae.net. That's the website. Uh, check it out as well. Subscribe, leave an email there. For listeners or whatever, you can leave an email there. You can leave uh, the comment thing as well. The video will be up real soon. It'll be up on the YouTube channel. The YouTube channel is already created. There's an Instagram as well, Beyond Words and Expression. What is it, Beyond Way? Beyond Words and Expression. Uh, yeah, it is. It's um, Beyond Way. Beyond B. Yeah. I mean, Beyond. <laughs> beyond W-A-E. And... You know, okay. it's abbreviated, so, yeah. Okay, yeah, and the website is bwae.net. Um, the YouTube channel is, what is it, Beyond Words Expression? Or oh, it's Beyond Way as well? Mm-hmm. Yes, um, Beyond Way. Oh, Beyond Way. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's Beyond Way for the Instagram. It's Beyond Way for the YouTube channel, W-A-E, B-E-Y-O-N-D, W-A-E. The YouTube channel B Y O N D W A E for the Instagram and beyond and on B W A E dot net for the website. And um what the what's the Facebook? The Facebook is what is it's, uh, what is that? B is it B Beyond Way Two for the Facebook or no? Um, I think it's Beyond Words and Expression. Let me type it in okay. real quick. Okay, yeah, Beyond Words and Expressions for Facebook. Yeah, okay. Yes, yeah, so there you have it. There's four platforms. There's four more coming. So far, there's four upcoming. There's more. And um, that's it, right? That's, that's it at the moment, you know? Definitely appreciate you know, all the listeners as well. And um, just keep the platform going. Keep expanding it. Keep extending it, you know. Keep on moving, as usual, as always and always. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Progress, progress remains in process. So yeah, you know, I guess uh, to the next episode. I think I'll be touching upon the mind next episode. Uh function of the subconscious and the conscious mind. 
think that's all we touched mm-hmm. on next. I'll figure it out pretty soon. Yeah, but that's uh, once again another episode. And I guess, you know, till next time. So I'll see y'all next time. Till then, I keep you envisioned. And we will all connect again next Sunday, next time, next episode, next doorway. Till then, one, zero. Yeah.